It is 11 minutes past two, and uh, that's Stimela saying, And uh, we're talking right now about uh, men and the fact that uh, men, you know, and I miss most of them, um, according to reports, are angry and hurting. And are we connected to their pain? And uh, to this afternoon, just looking at how men who are emotionally broken love differently. Do we even understand that language? Do they understand how to express um, the fact that they are hurting? Uh, and, and it doesn't help that uh, we're surrounded. Uh, we, we, we have um, arbitrary standards um, when it comes to men that they ought to be aggressive, masculine, and ragged and and even sometimes you know passion they, they there's no passion uh, whatsoever in in living out love life and and love and uh, let let's understand what informs this where does it come from why is it that uh, men in our midst are hurting um where does where where can we locate this and uh, joining us on the line is dr benita mulman who's research specialist in human and uh, social development unit uh, for the hsrc good afternoon uh, dr mulman welcome back Good afternoon, Trisaldo. Good to be back. You know, as I was um, just trying to prepare for this conversation, it almost almost feels like men are crying out for help, but no one is listening. Sure. You know, I mean, on one level, they are crying out for help. On another level, they're also crying to themselves, in a way. So when you Mm. say nobody's listening, you know, the thing is, are they aware of their vulnerability, you know, because of the societal expectation that they be strong, and strength is interpreted as an inability or an absence of an expression of vulnerability, you know, or emotion. Mm. Um, and I think it's that kind of, there needs to be a cognizance of that kind of state of being or way of being by men and by the rest of society. You know, we have to make place for vulnerability That's and not it. see it as weak. And talking about expectations, um, what role do we play as media to create this um, expectation that uh, you you shall not be weak as a man? Mm. I think it's a kind of messaging that gets put out there, you know. So what is the kind of messaging that gets put out from media in different ways? And then I think sometimes the media personalities themselves, how do they demonstrate vulnerability, Mm. you know? I mean, one of the latest things to be, this seems to be writing of books. You know, people yeah, write books about yeah. their life stories, and in that life story kind of book, you then detect the moments of vulnerability and how they went through the ups and downs. And that's great, you know, that's great. But uh, I think so those are the kind of different roles that the media can play in terms of having those conversations. Do we know um, why is it that, you know, when men are faced majority, and uh, we're not generalizing here, we obviously using um, stats that is uh, available to us and some of the headlines that we've seen uh, recently. Uh, why is it that when men recognize that uh, there's weakness, there's pain, um, mm-hmm. it's difficult to communicate it? Mm. Because again, of that societal expectation, you know, the whole, I think, boys don't cry. You know, and they've internalized it. I think there's a lack of that awareness that they've internalized those messaging. Because it's very difficult to point a finger and say, but it's you that told me not to cry. Or mm-hmm. you that told me I must be strong. You know, it's very difficult to do that for adult men. So they keep quiet or they do a numbing. You know, what I've seen is a numbing of their pain. And the numbing is often a turn to substance, substance ah. drugs or alcohol. And so they numb their pain and then that's the way they cope with the vulnerability or with, you know, whatever experience, psychological experience or trauma that they're dealing with.
And I guess, yeah. I mean, that also leads to, um, you know, behavior patterns like cheating as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, to really know ourselves and to know the depths of who we are takes time. It actually takes time and it takes a lot of work. Mm. It's not something that, oh, I know myself and I'll just get on with life. You know, particularly I think when you're faced with a crisis, you've got to really know yourself and you've got to know how to get an access support, mm. which is the mm. other thing. I think once you do know your levels of pain and once you do know you are in pain, how do you communicate what kind of support you need rather than just turning to alcohol or turning to violence or turning to cheating? And and how do we then communicate uh, differently now to men and get them, uh, you know, to, yes, we acknowledge the masculinity factor, uh, but to humanize them, um, so to speak, that it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay yeah. to talk about your, your emotions. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of the time in relationships, women probably do that anyway. You know, they probably do speak to their partners and say, you know, we need to speak about how we're feeling or we need to say, oh, I've noticed that you're feeling uneasy or you're anxious or you you seem to be hurting because of this or because of that. You know, so I think women probably do that in relationships anyway. But mm. I think sometimes we need to have what they call homosocial conversations. So men need to have those kind of conversations with each other. You know, because women coming in and saying, oh, but you need to talk about your feelings. It's easy to dismiss us. You know, it's easy to dismiss mm. a woman, your partner, in that kind of way. You shouldn't, and you should listen and try and listen to what is being said. But at the same time, I think men need to have conversations with themselves. And within their own groups, they need to open up. And they need to be vulnerable with each other. What is the biggest fear, though? The biggest fear for me would be, one would be the, the, that I'm not standard of, of masculinity. I'm not measuring up to being ah. a man, you know? Mm. Because it's so easy to say man up. Mm. You know, I think of my yeah. own male friends. Yeah, what does that mean? Man yeah. up. You know, and I think, what does it actually mean yeah. to say man up? But men can do those kind of things to each other so easily. Mm. And that's, so, that's really sort of dehumanizing them, right? Because saying you're not allowed to feel, you're not allowed to have emotion, mm. you're not allowed to be traumatized. So with each other, they definitely need to do that. So I think it's that. And then the other thing, I think it's shame. Mm. Men, men feel shame and there's not often a place to express shame. They feel I mean, shameful about what they do or about what they're experiencing. And they, the, they don't feel they can speak about it. And guilty because of the shame, they, this guilt develops. Imagine caring and, and loving but not being able to express it. What a shame. All right, let's take your calls uh, right now, 0891-104-207, and uh, also welcoming your WhatsApp uh, voice note on 0614-104-107, and uh, your SMS is at 40938, charged at 150. And uh, we are both on Twitter and Facebook, and thank you so much uh, for your messages to those who are saying we're listening, we're connecting with the show, and thank you um, for the information. And uh, on, on social media, we are at SAFM Radio, and you can hashtag us SAFM Lifetime Live. And with me um, right now uh, on the line is Dr. Mulman as we talk about uh, the vulnerability, the pain that men feel, but find it very difficult to express it. And oftentimes, um, you know, even trying to love within the expression of pain. Let's take Stephen in Midrand. Good afternoon. Good afternoon to you. Hi, uh, Stephen. And your guest. Look, let me give you my 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 my. Plasoa, my, my problem and predicament. Mm-hmm. I went, I approached three uh, courts regarding uh, someone who lied about me mm. on the internet and even at court. And after that, they used the magistrate's power to get a parental plan uh, made. And I was forced to sign it. I have to, uh, to, 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 
to go to court, high court, to to oppose that thing. I, d- I don't get magistrates and chief magistrates to come back and answer. And they know that this thing is happening. I'm talking about the Northwest Province. I'm talking about Mpumalanga. And I'm talking about Pretoria. Three different areas. And I'm a man. I'm a father. I've been there for my son. But even the magistrates all around Mpumalanga, Krill, uh, Pretoria, and Madigwe, they don't come up with the answer. I had to even submit my matter to the magistrate commission. As I'm talking to you right now, they are avoiding my matter. Now you help tell us me, understand, Stephen. Now, what what seems to be the challenge? What is your head? The, the problem is this: one, you've got magistrates who are feminists. When we go there, we tell them our story. They don't listen to us. Number two, uh, they gang around against men. Uh, and and they force men to do parental plans they don't agree to. Like for an example, I had I di- I didn't sign three parental plans. At the end, I was told if you don't sign this one, you are going to go to to the cell. The magistrate, as I'm talking to you right now in the northwest in Madikwe, is afraid to even answer my my matter. There's a problem. As and Stephen, this, this, I'm raising it as a Stephen, man. I'm not I'm not raising it as as a as a member of the public. Yeah, but Stephen, as you raise it as a man, let's put context to it, because right now you're making a whole lot of general statements that um, I'm sure it would be difficult for Dr. Benita uh, to assist. Is is this, as you say, that it's just a statement? What are you saying? Is are you saying that men are not listened to? They get wrongly accused. Where where do we locate your story? Yeah, look, man, it 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 is wrong accusations ah. and. Someone, when you ask uh, for their affidavits, they submit affidavit there, another affidavit there, another mm. affidavit there. Then okay. when you look at them, it's, it's contradictory evidence okay. submitted to different courts, uh, jurisdictions where someone doesn't even stay. And then you get attorneys who are pleasuring themselves to, to submit or to file an application. And when you stand in court, then they postpone the matters. Then you ask them, why do you postpone? Because I said in my in my applications or counterclaims, do not postpone the matter. Then you've mm. got those arrogant magistrates who say, mm. uh, no, uh, I'm taking it off the roll for, for today until uh, uh, further notice. You know, this is the type of problem as men. And I'm talking as, as a man mm. who has seen the worst part of, of, of the justice, justice system. system. I used to have faith number one, yeah. in the Department of Justice. I, I, as I'm talking to you, I even wrote a letter to the minister. I wrote a letter to the deputy. I wrote a letter to the family advocate. I wrote a letter to the, the, the Gender uh, Commission and, and Equality. You know, none of them are coming up with answers. Mm-hmm. They are avoiding the matter. And my problem is this. If it's happening to me, my question is how many men out there are going through the same problem. Look, Stephen, let me promise you this one thing. Um, Because with this feature, uh, we assist men with the different challenges that they face in society. So please hold on. We are going to take your details and and try and follow this up and have a proper conversation about uh, justice system. I'm I'm assuming that when it comes to being wrongly accused or or perhaps uh, when it comes to maintenance uh, being uh, demanded of you, I'm, I'm assuming that's what the case is about. Kerstin Deben, good afternoon and welcome. And good afternoon, Priscilla. And just put down these thoughts 
I believe that the changes that are that men have to deal with, especially black men, mm-hmm. are facing are too radical for them to handle. They were dealing like finding their place after the fall of apartheid, and now they have to deal with woman empowerment. Mm-hmm. Like the women are sort of feel, uh, overtaking them in this whole game, and uh, and they're still trying to get their own empowerment in place. Mm-hmm. So I think I think it's. Too so, challenging so, for them so, because so you, sometimes in other communities we're still trying to break down uh, this patriarchy thing, uh-huh, and now uh-huh. this is all hitting them so suddenly. You know, so I'm you, sure they you're suggesting, Kes, that we need to be a little bit gentler and and take them along with us, that uh, yeah. we don't move way too fast and leave them behind. <laughs> okay, then. Thank all right. You. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. Now, Doctor Mulman. Uh, <laughs> If we were to just slow down the pace, how do we even know where we left our men behind? Yeah, you know, there's so many parts to that conversation. Because I think, you know, in the area that I work, I work in broadly gender-based violence area, and I worked in civil society with NGOs for a while. And we looked at starting men's programs, we started men's programs. But to get men to attend those programs were very, very difficult, very, very challenging. You know, men didn't see themselves as having to be a part of that um, those kind, that kind of organization. And now there's been, maybe the past year in particular, there's been a lot more emphasis on men participation in standing up against violence against children as well as, as women, against women. So this little bit of emphasis on men participating now, which is great, and I think that's a great start. And mm-hmm. men almost listen to other men easier than they listen to women. So if we're talking to adult men, there's organizations out there for them to go and, you know, offer support, um, look at what things are happening, read up on the Internet, read Google, see what is what is being done. So I think yeah. men must inform themselves because mm-hmm. the workers will out there. We need to talk about us as women and how we encourage men to participate. Then I think our role lies more with boy children, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. We've got yeah. to look at how we raise our sons, how we raise our boys within our families and it's very very difficult because you have family dynamics and you're not always the parent you might be the aunt or you might be the sister or you might be somebody else in that family but dr mulman how do we encourage him to speak up i i know it's not in in their dna but you know for the fact that the mere fact that there are men who would speak up there are certain um uh, you know interventions like counseling uh, mm. where in men are forced to to speak out and and mm. speak up how do we enforce this or even encourage this without even seeking therapy, so to speak? Mm-hmm. You know, without, I mean, there's, like I said, there's a whole lot of our places where men can speak up and the things that they're wanting to say, they must reach out. But on the other end, and the other thing that I've been saying all the time is about men speaking to each other as well, you know, because that would be mm-hmm. the first. My guess is that that's the first place of, of uh, referral is to another friend, to a friend, uh-huh. right? That, that's the first place they will, will turn to is another male friend. So I think in those conversations, and so for me, it's not only about speaking out or about expression of emotion. It's actually about a way of relating. It's about developing relationships. Yeah. One of the big things we find, and some of my work with sex offenders is starting to show this, is about attachment, attachment relationships. So it's about having deep and meaningful relationships rather than, you know, just not only casual sexual relationships, yeah. but all relationships must be, must be a form of, Attachment. And I guess this can also start with self. When you don't have a deeper, meaningful relationship with self, it will be difficult to relate exactly. to others. Let's go to Kwakwa and speak to Paul. Good afternoon. 
How are you, Griselda? I'm great, thanks, my brother. How are you? No, I'm, I'm, I'm okay, I think, Griselda. You know, Griselda, mm. this thing really hurts. Eh? Like, I would like to make an example. Let's take the case of, of uh, uh, maybe Shinzo Meiwa. Mm. If Shinzo was a woman and Kelly Kumalo was a, a, a man, I'm not saying Kelly did what happened. But in that case, let's check it. Or let's let, let maybe take, compared with uh, uh, Mantua's case. It didn't take long Mantua was arrested. But today, even today, years after Senzo was killed, no one is arrested. Yeah, but this mm. the issue with the justice system, mm. right? And and yes. many of these systems are led by men. Mm-hmm. So, so you are saying, men will always be victims, Senzo. And Senzo will never uh, get the bottom of these things of our sisters and uh, uh, mothers being killed. Mm. We will never, as long as men are always victims. Never. But I'm sure also for as long as some men stand by uh, whilst others, um, uh, you know, violate uh, women and other members of society. Yes, you know, there was a moment when uh, I had a chance to off speaking with young men. eh? Then Mm. there's this one other boy who said to me, even if a man didn't do anything, the fact that he is there, he will always be the suspect. Mm. Thank you, yes. thank you it very much for that It doesn't go well with us, Griselda, as men, that always a, a, a man is a suspect. Always, Griselda, Mama. always. Even now, I'm telling you, Griselda, if, 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 big if, Senzo Mewa was a woman, mm. and Kelly Kumala was a woman, it was a man, Senzo Mewa would be in jail right now. We don't know, but yeah, thank yes. you, thank you very much <laughs> for that call, uh, Weda Paul, uh, because we can just keep speculating. Now we're more interested in 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 the pain that is not expressed, in the emotion, uh, emotional self that is uh, not well articulated. Is it in our DNA? Why is it that um, as we hurt as men, uh, could it be a, a case of lack of self awareness, Doctor Mulman? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. You know, I think, again, from a very young age, men aren't taught to value that part of themselves. In a way, not taught to value their heart. You know, they're taught to value their head. You know, so the way they think, um, the ability to rationalize, the ability to be successful in that kind of way, in earning money, being a provider, they kind of uh, um, affirm for that aspect mm. of who they are. But their hearts, I mean, how often do we affirm men's hearts, you hey, know? Yeah. All right, no. let's take the news headlines. When we come back, we sure. conclude the conversation. Take some of the messages. Utsile Saku is standing by. Discussions impacting your life the most. All right, thank you so much uh, to joining uh, Lifetime Live with me, Chris Tudumash, as we have a conversation. And uh, every uh, Monday, uh, we speak to Amajit, Amajens, where we just connect to some of the um, challenges that men face in our mess in our society. And today we're looking at the hurt. Um, do you love differently uh, because you are a, an emotionally scarred man? And what are some of the scars? Uh, what, what forms some of the scars? And this 
this conversation is not about pointing fingers at men and bashing men, but uh, rather just to empower on us connecting to that pain, um, uh, that hurting self that you find very difficult to speak about um, simply because society expects different uh, from you. And uh, joining us on the line is Dr. Benita Mulman, who's a research specialist in the Human and Social Development Unit uh, for HSRC. Let's take your calls uh, on 0891-104-107. Speak to Spiwe in Venda. Good afternoon. Hi, uh, Chris Holder. Hi. I am am deeply moved and uh, worried about um, the insensitivity of most people, more especially women now, today, in this program, that it looks like uh, there's a whole lot of wholesale bashing of men. And as long as that is the attitude, I am definitely sure that really will not solve what we all detest and hate, which is a, 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 a uh, what is it? I may be saying something very controversial. But if you look at what is happening in the States, okay, where you find that a lot of, especially black men in the States, African-American, men are in jails, incarcerated and stuff like that. And the upliftment so greatly of women, I'm not saying they must not be, but it's, it's the upliftment of women so greatly that men are best, they are squashed down, and that produces a lot of animosity. So here in South Africa, we're promoting what is called girl child more than the boy child. I'm not saying others must be uh, denigrated or not promoted, but I'm saying that as long as we're doing this, we are planting seeds that will never germinate in a good way. Got you, Putsby. Today, you were talking right now, and uh, somehow you said, gleefully so, maybe, I don't know, or rightly so, you said that how do we lift our men, you know, you said it laughingly, you know, we, we, how do we do things that we don't leave our men outside? You know that is happening, and that is not good. Why don't we, we men, never, we were under apartheid as well. We were not uh, given status like whatever. Maybe traditionally it could be like that, but when it comes to apartheid, it was for all of us. But today we are put down, we are not given, like the gentleman who was saying, you know, was complaining about about, about whatever was happening. Happening in all these three but Spiwe, but Spiwe, the oh, point oh. that you're missing, that this feature is about connecting to that pain, is about helping to find yeah, spaces but, but, of but healing. You guys, you guys have got your your guest speaker there. It's it's all about men were doing something. Now they've got to face this thing. Face what? We were like that all the time. It's not like we were angels during the times of apartheid. No, apartheid killed us all of us. But how do so we then? How how do we how do we ignite life? Because huh? I mean, surely you also agree that we can't uh, live with dead people, as you say that apartheid killed us. So how do we bring back life? No, no. By killing us, I'm not talking about maybe the the actual physical death. It I agree be, with you. Both. It could be even spiritual. Could be even social. So I'm or, asking, or what do self, we do self. to uplift our men? And that's the question we're asking. What do we do to connect to the pain and help them help themselves? Help okay, them to maybe, be the leader. Maybe, maybe, maybe you need to balance this equation, balance the whole thing. Okay. You've got a lady there who's your, who's your um, guest, 
maybe get a man. It must not be uh, uh, escalated to a debate. There has to be two people there. Let's hear the men in front of that lady. Let so, so Spio, you're you saying they want to say. you're saying Dr. Benita Molman's um, views because she's a woman who works with um, uh, as a research specialist in the I human feel, social I, I, development. That. She's, she's, she's a woman. I okay. feel it. All right. feel, she doesn't have to say it. She doesn't okay. have to say it. I feel it. I sense it. Thank you. Thank you very much. I guess, I mean, part of the problem becomes that um, mm-hmm. because a woman gives birth to you, nurtures you, and when you seek wisdom, her words are not good enough because she's a woman. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to Temba in Rustenburg. Good afternoon, Temba. Uh, hi. Yes, hi. Um, let me get straight to it. Thank you, sir. This is uh, deeply touching to me as a young man of 36 years. Mm. Now, first, Chriselda, mm. as a man... Uh, you are expected to be a provider 100%. Number two, if you can't provide, you are regarded as a no man or as nothing. A woman can't even talk to you just because you can't provide. Mm. Now, if you start providing to them, you are bound to control them and uh, give them all sorts of uh, bad behavior as they were said. And that's how women are treating us. Mm. And women are culprits in this matter. They must start not not kneeling down on their knees, but just a pure respect. I am the man not because I can provide. Even yeah. if I can't, I need to be respected. Women are, are the ones who are causing all this respecting a man who's providing. Does it mean I'm not a man if I can't provide because of mm. my uh, mm. bad situation? Mm. No. But women mm. are culprits. Uh, the same women, when I'm driving a BMW, you will say, you smile back to me. If I'm walking, you will not. Oh, what does that mean? Uh, maybe it not. means stay you on your not. lane. <laughs> maybe you stay on your lane you go to uh, like-minded people who are walking um, as as a person who's walking now, now let me make an example for Sarah, a quick one yeah. um, I, I, if I've got a nice car mm. then I decide to walk then I meet ah, I, get a, you a nice, out. I, I meet a nice woman she will not greet me and then I go back and take my nice car, come back and then she'll be smiling. What does that mean? It means it's hair loss. Do we all have to drive the, a nice no, car? No, no, no. It means it's hair loss. She's man. opportunistic, so it's hair loss. She's missed out on a good thing. So you can't no, take that and generalize. No, no, no. On 100%, 80% of women are like that. How they are full them? of disrespect for men and you are only regarded as, as a man if you when can you provide. When you can it. provide. Got yeah, you put that must stop. Otherwise, uh, many women will continue to suffer in this country and around the world. That's my point. Mm. All right, thank you. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. And your voices make this particular feature because this is about you. It's for you. Cornelia St. Centurion, good afternoon. My sister, how are you? I'm great, Cornelia. How are you? I'm doing very well. Um, you know, it's such, it's such a sensitive topic that you are talking about, but uh, my contribution is very simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, in our society, we are having, um, you know, both males and females that were not taught how to be men and how to be women uh, of substance, of integrity, and um, as well as uh, you are having, uh, for example, like before I got married, I grew up without a father, so what I did, I looked for a man to somebody who can teach me to be a good husband. Mm. Because I, I did not have a father figure in my life. 
So I view myself as a potential abuser if I did not have a mentor, somebody who taught me how to be a good father. So it goes back both ways that uh, both males and females, they need mentors. People who are happy in marriages, you go to them. People who are happy in relationships, you ask them to teach them. Teach me how to treat a, a lady in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, treat me how to teach. Uh, it goes both ways. So you're having people jumping to relationships. They don't know how to treat a man, how to treat a woman in a relationship. Sure. So it's sort of messed up. And uh, so I, I also just uh, encourage young girls and young boys to seek for mentors. Yeah, yeah. So that they can be able to have a fruitful relationship. Mm. But this abuse that we have cannot be there because if we have somebody who's been there, who's done that, who's your mentor step in a relationship and you sit down with them, you confess to them if you have issues, somebody you can find an accountable to. We won't have all these issues that we are having this day. Sure, sure. So you're, you're having uh, young girls and boys that are not matured enough to be able to love somebody else, let alone themselves. So uh, that's the issue we have in our society. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much, Cornelius, uh, for the call. And through these conversations, I guess we'll get to the bottom of what causes so much pain in our mess. We can't relate to one another. And I guess, um, you know, men's pain is is underplayed. And and let's hear what you had to say on our voice notes. My wife cheated on me. And, you know, it was hard for me to even tell anyone i went for about five months with trauma to myself i was traumatized i didn't expect she could do that you know she stayed with me with more than three men actually there were four one of them got her pregnant and i caught this story when she was having a problem with this other guy when he was saying i cannot be responsible for this pregnancy of yours because you've got two other boyfriends whom i know who are not your husband you see it got me sick i actually had facial palsy you know that one when you have got half stroke of your face right now i'm at risk of cardiac arrest just because of trauma it's hard to, to tell to anyone because when you tell a friend you don't you never know might, maybe he might laugh at you with other people so you'll be so cautious as to who to tell and who not to tell so it's hard as men to say things like this so sometimes you just eat up yourself because it's not easy to let someone know. You don't know what they will say about you later. Every man, in a way, is angry at a particular ex or a particular woman who has challenged or has displayed a, a, a way in, in challenged. When you challenge a man's ego, we, we get bruised and we get angry at that moment. So, in a way, every man is hurting because there's a woman somewhere who broke their heart and we always vent that out to current women we are dating or current women that are around us. Oh my goodness. So, as you hurt him, other women are going to pay for your inefficiencies, for your iniquities. Lifetime Live with Griselda Tutumashe. Yeah, 
Uh, we're connecting to your pain, my brother, and uh, we call this Amajita um, Men Talk. And uh, joining us on the line is a specialist in, in, in human research um, and, and social development um, uh, behavior. And that's Dr. Benita Mulman. Uh, Dr. Benita, let me just take one SMS and then you round up your thoughts as we conclude this conversation. And I'm glad that, you know, the last two WhatsApp notes actually caught what we were trying to achieve with this conversation. Um, because men are hurting and it's it's in uh, being that vulnerable and opening yourself up that uh, we get to connect to the pain and do better as, as women um, towards men. SMS says uh, the sad thing is that most of us as men would rather get a, a distraction rather than communicate or confront our pain, hence the side chick to distract us uh, when there's a problem at home. Dr. Molman. You know, as you said, and you know, I think the last is is absolutely has has summed it up. You know exactly mm-hmm. what I was saying earlier. That when men are in pain and they are vulnerable, you know, it's easier to numb that pain and numb that vulnerability through alternative coping mechanisms like substances mm-hmm. or, you know, so it's either drugs or it's alcohol or both or cheating or all three. Um, you're speaking about a side chick, you know, and mm-hmm. somebody else spoke about cheating as well. So. They turn to other measures and they talk, uh, talk about it as a form of distraction. But actually it's more a form of coping in terms of not wanting to feel feel hurt, you know, or feel pain. Um, and so it's a way of blocking out that emotional vulnerability. So, you know, I think just in terms of what this uh, program is trying to achieve is to, to just encourage men to speak up and speak That's out, it. you know. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much for helping us achieve this. And uh, thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Dr. Mulman. Thank you, Griselda. And I have to mention that uh, we did invite someone from the Men's Forum and only told us 10 minutes before the show that they can't make it no more. So it was not um, from poor planning on our side. We did consider um, that uh, we need to have a balanced view, but uh, we do appreciate and respect Dr. Benita Mulman's um, views as a research specialist in the Human and Social Development Unit and um, also representing Human Sciences Research Council. Thank you very much. That's where we live this conversation but would like to just give you a special song by Lyra. She has fell on our bottom.